And with me up on the loft, about to get down, is Bromageddon. What's up, man? <laughs> it's about to, it is about to be Bromageddon. <laughs> Tell you what, man. <laughs> These are freaking awesome, man. I, I told you, man, that there was a lot of care that went into this list. I can't even conceive, like, who it is. Na- yeah, oh. that, but these names, they're, they're legit. It yeah. takes some thought, like. Yeah, but, but still, but by far my favorite is the bromodo dragon that that <laughs> that was pretty awesome yeah i like that one and then um the one uh the zeus one. Oh, brosiden Bros- yeah yeah the one brosiden yeah. uh king of the brosian <laughs> yeah it's uh that's pretty cool man you know coming from you know type of my background like athletics and stuff you usually don't get cool nicknames no <laughs> i mean it's usually like bro that was your nickname? Or, you know, they talk a lot of smack, Mo, is what it is. You know, they give you something disrespectful, <laughs> okay. like, it's usually something you've, you've done, and, and then they really attach it to you. Yeah. So, it's it's very weird hearing something that's actually kind of cool <laughs> and being attached to me as a nickname. So, just, you know, a lot of people, that's just how it is in, in athletics. You just, yeah. You, yeah. Ride, well, you do something stupid, and you're yeah. branded for life. Yep. Yeah. yep. like to set a huge shout-out to our sponsor, 7-5 Clothing, making badass gear for your badass ventures. Uh, if you didn't catch that episode where Wally uh, came and talked to us and told us his vision and his mission about why he made the company, the story behind the name, and how he just likes to hustle hard, go ahead and check out episode 38. 38. 38. I got it right. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also some bonus content that uh, is released after that where, you know, aside from talking about the clothing company, we just talked about fitness and about life in general. And it was really cool to hear him you know give his feedback on well one what he thought of the show which was pretty cool and how we can hustle hard you know yeah. to try and you know expand our reach you know even though it's a little bit different demographic you know we're a show versus a you know actually consumable product you know some of those things transcend each other and it was really nice to pick his brain and just get some mentorship from him i mean like i said he sponsors us which we truly appreciate but for him to take the time and kind of just flex on us you know drop some knowledge bombs on us that was really cool too yeah i think anytime you can get an outside view or opinion is mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's which is why I asked him what he thought of our podcast yeah. when he wasn't expecting it. Yeah. You get honest answers when, yeah. when that happens. But uh, having mom was really cool. I think, uh, like I was saying, well, and the fact he drove up here, you know, that's that's huge right there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But you know? he's all about the hustle. He's all about the grind. You know, if you're afraid to grind, man, you're afraid to make it happen because yeah. that's just nothing's ever given to you. No matter no matter what you think. You know, no matter how you were raised, if you, nothing's given to you. No, like, if you truly think not. that's how it is, yeah. get your head out your ass. But then, you know, talking to someone like him, I, I bet you he doesn't feel like anything was given to him. But because he hustles so hard, like opportunities happen for him because he's constantly grinding. You know, and, and you, know, you, you work hard and you make your own luck. We just talked about it last episode. Which I'm still wearing the same clothes because we recorded. <laughs> don't think me and Mo are that big of bums. I yeah, know he's retired, and oh, I really, I've, I don't know the last time I bought a pair of jeans. No, because that was another conversation we had. Uh, you went to a wedding, and you said you had to go buy clothes. Yeah, I haven't bought, I haven't bought clothes that aren't sweatpants or shorts or t-shirts or three quarters. And so, is that the challenge I'm going to have now? Now that I don't have to wear a uniform I'm, every day? Yeah, this is like two or three episodes in a row where I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah. I mean, he used to roll in with his uniform, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, when you own a gym, you really don't buy clothes. I yeah. mean, this is what I wear. I wake up, so this, I feel- This is your business attire. Like, so when I do put jeans on, I feel weird if I don't have compression shorts on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, there's times I've like, I have just my boxers and jeans. I'm like, I'm going to throw my compression you feel, you feel shorts naked? on. I yeah. do, I do. I feel naked. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'll go grab my compression shorts and I feel like- this is so stupid. I'm not working out, but I feel like weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the first time you ever wear boxers is kind of weird. Yeah, from a little bit different. You, back when we used to wear the tidy whities yeah. and then uh, the boxer briefs rolled out and, and the, mark, the, the marky game. marks. But, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but no, it's uh, was good, dude. The we talked about it last episode. If you're afraid to take that chance, 
and you give up on yourself before you even try, you don't know you can succeed. If Wally never, he was challenged. He challenged with the shirt, make, the Red make, Friday yeah, shirt. Someone yeah. literally challenged him, make one better. In a bar. In a bar. Right? No Which less. Is, yeah. So he accepted the challenge. He could have been like, nah, you're okay. Whatever, man. Yeah. Just do your thing. But he accepted a challenge. And then now look what it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it has folded into the next. And we kind of talk about what if, if, if he didn't make that shirt, would mm-hmm. he ever got involved in CrossFit? Would he have ever True. done CrossFit? Yeah, because if you didn't haven't do, listened to yeah. the episode, he didn't do CrossFit until after, after he started he did, making yeah. CrossFit gear. Yeah. And then that affiliate challenged him to make a better shirt. Yep. Said, all right. So he did. Mm-hmm. And then they started selling him in the bar. Mm-hmm. So that started a business, even mm-hmm. though he was just doing it for care packages yep. initially. And then um, now what it is, he's talking about now they're, he, he has, he's been sending people at different competitions in different states and he's going to different ones. Mm-hmm. So now his team's growing, his, his product's growing. I mean, it's invaded our gym. He came here and set up and uh, he said he did pretty well. And I, Good. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you did well because my members are all rocking <laughs> his stuff. Well, like, and the cool part about it is like some of the athletes and competitors that came from other gyms yeah. were stopped. You know, I, I was up here in the loft so I could see where Wally was outside and seeing like the cross traffic. So him getting reached throughout, you know, the Miami Valley area into Columbus. Columbus yeah. And just, Cincinnati. you know, the social media presence, you know, we're seeing pictures of people all over the world, literally. Yeah. You know, repping his gear. So that's yeah. always super cool. Don't forget your one more rep. Tank and T-shirt, Mo. Yep. Uh, go ahead and buy one of those. Make sure you use the offer code uh, one more rep, three separate words, and you will get free shipping. And, and also documents that we're actually helping him. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah which is cool. I mean, we want just because we get a sponsorship, you know, Mo and I, this is how we are. Like, we if we feel like we're not contributing, then we yeah. feel like we're failing someone even though they're sponsoring us. Yeah, like, because he had to take the time and the resources to create – I mean, we sent him a design. He yep. created the shirt. Yep. He had to take the chance. Yeah. And, you know, our, our biggest concern is that he was going to spend all this energy and effort and nobody was going to buy the shirts except for the three of us. <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, when you're a sponsor, you want to advertise, mm-hmm. right? So we're advertising. It's a product we love and believe in. Their, mm-hmm. their stuff's great. Um, but we all, we also want to see him get return on that. Like, exactly. We want him to yeah. pick up customers through our show. And at the same time, we'd like to pick up some pod- listeners, listeners yeah. which we have. Yeah. Um, from uh, seven, seven five and in, in his gym to our podcast, so it's actually worked out really cool. I'm hoping this continues for a very long time, and then we all just get filthy rich and make it rain up here in the loft, making it drizzle on a regular. Hey man, we're gonna build our own booth up here, Mo. <laughs> we're gonna build a building just for the podcast. That'll work because then I mean, we have to world this domination, stuff up every bro. Day. We're yeah. fifty states. Can't get any more states, Mo. There's no more states unless we California decides it's to do a, this. split th- yeah. in half. Let's say split in half, which I don't even know if I want to be part of that one. And then uh, <laughs> I want to be part of that part. And then um, world domination on the, you know, these countries. We're invading, like. Like I'm, I told you yesterday, it was odd. We had a bunch of downloads from Russia and what did I say? Ukraine? There's still the Russians. They're still yeah, attacking, Mo. That was, that, no, but it, it was like. Are they hacking our podcast? It was podcast? about 20 of them. Like, and it was really odd, just out of nowhere. So thanks for listening out yeah. there, folks. That's awesome, dude. I just... And if you're the person from Wyoming, please uh, uh, tag us in Instagram or Facebook or, or DM us. And uh, we just want to say thank you because, you know, you helped us get, uh, well, continental United States domination. Yeah, our regional <laughs> domination. American yeah. domination. Yeah, we've dominated America ever since we came <laughs> into existence. You know what I mean? What we say is... We only had an army that was one year old. One year old, yeah. Defeated them. Like, boom. Our independence next year, boom. Next. <laughs> All right. So this week's episode is dedicated to you, our listeners and our viewers, if you're on YouTube. Which if you you're better on, be U- on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that little bell so that way you know whenever we produce more content. It gives you all the, all the notifications. Yep. If you don't hit it, it'll give you some. Mm-hmm. So that's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid why you have to hit a bell. Like Just subscribe, hit the bell. Make us happy. Yeah. Leave us some comments. Those are always cool to read. Yep. Uh, but again, this episode being dedicated to you, and we're going to answer some of the questions that you guys have been asking us uh, when we've asked for feedback on certain things. But I do want to start off reading a letter from one of our listeners, Frank Douglas, who's you know old school power lifter. And, you and know, CrossFitter. And, and CrossFitter. And he works out with a bunch of younger guys. And he responded to our episode 36 
Respect your gains. It's only five pounds. It says, I just had a learning opportunity, as you call it. Recently, our strength work has worked up to a heavy triple press out of the rack. I had been worrying about this beforehand, just like a true CrossFitter, so afraid to fail. As my turn at the bar was coming up, I thought of the last podcast. It's only five pounds. Don't be afraid to fail. I gave it a shot, and I got 165. This was a true win over being uncertain if I could even get 155. So, you know, well, first of all, Frank. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for responding. Um, Frank sent us a couple things. Yeah, before, he has. Yeah, yeah. but uh, he always comes and visit me whenever we have a comp. He'll come and hang. I out seen with him me up for, here. I didn't get to say hi, but yeah. I seen him hanging over the loft. Yeah, at, he always comes Fest. up. He comes up here and chills out with me for a little bit. So it's all you know, Frank. I always appreciate the company because it gets a little lonely up here. People are scared to talk to me because they think I'm like super busy. He ain't doing anything. All Let I'm doing is push and play. That's all That's, I do, guys. Me and Wall is outside <laughs> talking, and Mo's out there. Well, me and Mo's shopping. I'm running a competition and I'm shopping. Mo's out there shopping. I'm like, who's playing the, the music? He's like, he put Pandora on. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Ever since Mo got that pay raise, yeah. he's been playing Pandora. <laughs> no, I, I had to find a moment in the comp where yeah. I, I could put a longer track on so I could go down there and spend some time with Wally. And Is it the very end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because I didn't want to wait till, you know, I didn't want to have him wait till we were done so that, well, so he couldn't pack up. So, me and bro both shot out there for about five minutes and we're rifling through all the racks. I, I, came out the, I came out the front and Mo was sitting there. He was talking. I'm like, what the hell are you doing out here? <laughs> are like, you supposed to be DJing? I'm like, what are you doing yeah. out here? Aren't you supposed to be announcing? <laughs> like, I am, kind of. <laughs> no, it's it pretty cool. Yeah, all don't right. be afraid to come and say hi to Mo. He ain't doing nothing. Yeah, and I'll flag Brody down. <laughs> so... Onto the questions. Onto the questions. So First, these are these are questions that we can't, we didn't think we could make full episodes, episodes out of. Yeah. So we're really just going to answer the ones that we can. They're, yeah. yeah, they're pretty short. Yeah, and we and you know we want to do you guys you know take write the time. Yeah. You guys take the time to write us. We, we absolutely have to respect you guys. And we're going to respond. Yeah, we're going to respond because without you guys, it's just me and bro up here, you know, hanging out the loft, hanging out in the loft, <laughs> talking to a camera that no one's going to watch. <laughs> so the first one, Carrie Combs. She said, you could do a whole episode about getting into CrossFit for the first time. I know when I was looking into it, there was a whole lot of negative information online and not a lot of information about how to get started and or find the right box. All the people who told me I couldn't and shouldn't definitely made me more interested in doing it. But that's not everyone's personality. So we kind of covered this a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. It's, 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 it's CrossFit, right, for you, episode yeah. two. Yep. So way back. But I mean, there's definitely stuff we can readdress. So, Absolutely. You know, and then even in the episode, why does everybody hate CrossFit? Yeah, that's because, part of that too. Because the first thing that people say it's dangerous, and Eric in the Ask a PT episode, you know, as a professional, told us no ex- form of exercise is inherently dangerous. Mm-hmm. Now, but you and I agree, bad coaching is dangerous. And bad movement patterns. Bad movement yep. patterns. Now, can you, as a novice just wanting to get into this, identify a bad trainer or coach? No, no, you don't know any different. Exactly, because you, know, you got you got members which we've I've known, but which we find out through this podcast that listen to what we've said, mm-hmm. and now they know that what's going on inside their gym, they don't have to accept it because mm-hmm. it's happened in other places, and not just their gym, and that it just because it's happening there doesn't make it right. Correct. So, but if you don't know any better, you don't know any better. You don't know, right? It's just I was in it when I uh, see. One of my first gyms, mm-hmm. it, it was happening. There was stuff going on inside there, very clicky. And I got into a click. I didn't even know I was in a click. Mm-hmm. I was. I, mean, I still never mistreated anybody. I never talked smack about anybody. But I guess I wasn't separated from the majority. And I was like, uh, you don't realize it till you're away from. It. Like, holy crap, mm-hmm. that's that's so toxic. Yeah, and, and I think as a new someone who's venturing newly into CrossFit, I think generally what you do is if you don't have any mentorship and coaching from a crossfitter is you tend to just find the closest place to you mm-hmm. whether it's home or work yep yep um good or bad indifferent whatever but now you guys knowing that you you know most of you have some crossfit experience so i would argue to say probably the best thing that you could do for one of your friends who said hey i want to try crossfit is kind of use our general tips like we use when we travel. Listen at, to the One More Rep podcast. Well, first first of all, <laughs> listen to the One More Rep podcast. I mean, come on. It, that's, that's a no-brainer. It, 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 it's, it's, it's funny, but it's not because 
we're honestly the only co- only podcast out there that talks about this stuff. No one else talks about this stuff. Nobody. Nobody talks about the issues inside a gym or the good and bad sides of CrossFit inside the gym. What's accepted, what's not accepted, what's what should be tolerated, what shouldn't be, how important you're, you are as a, con, a consumer, mm-hmm. and how Again, you should be Again, we hate treated. using that word, yeah, but that's it, just, it, it, it is. is a, it, it's true. It is. And one of the things from the beginning, one of our goals for this show was to talk about things outside, outside the 60 minutes. Yeah. You know? We, you know, we talk about culture. We talk about pricing. We, you know, we don't, we're not talk, we're not, you know, I told you from the beginning, we're not going to get you to games or regionals unless I buy you a ticket. Well, I mean, well there's I no get, more regionals anyway. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> I'll get you regionals. But that's one of those things where that's not what we're about. We're not about, you know, decreasing your fan time. We're here to talk about the human stuff that goes on, you know, within your communities and cultures and things that we've experienced, you know. Yeah. We've, you know, between the both of us, we've been doing this for a minute and been a part of a lot of cultures. Me, uh, my opportunities have arisen because in the military where I've just had to change boxes. It's not because I wanted to, right? but because I had to. So I've had to learn these skill sets that Carrie's talking about, you know, doing the Facebook reviews, talking to your friends, um, making sure the reviews are current. Yeah. And, and don't automatically write somebody off because they have positive or negative reviews. Mm-hmm. Look at the dates. Um, talk to your friends. Visit. Um, they, you know, every gym should have some sort of drop-in process, you know, especially if you're trying to get in uh, to a gym. Yeah, I think a big thing you can really do is go and try it out after you've kind of done your research. And if no one talks to you when you walk in the door, leave. Yeah, and, and I'm, that's kind of the same mentality I take when I go car shopping. Uh, one of the things I do is, like, if I walk into – I intentionally just walk into the car lot and just sort of wander around, and I – start keeping a mental clock of how long it takes for someone to talk to me. And if it takes, you know, an exorbitant amount of time, then I usually just leave. And even if it's the kind of vehicle I want to buy, I'll go to a different dealership. You know, same concept. Um, If you're walking to a gym for the first time and it takes more than a minute for someone to acknowledge you. Right. If you feel uncomfortable or awkward, then it's it's going to be the wrong gym. I'm just saying. No, but sometimes... You know, this is there's bars dropping, there's lots of weight moving, loud music, people grunting and screaming. So, will you feel uncomfortable? Some people will, but yeah. you shouldn't feel uncomfortable from a interaction standpoint. Yeah, so, you someone, walk in, yeah. you walk past people, your first time there, and they don't say anything to you. Yeah, if I seen that on my gym, it'd be hell to pay because mm-hmm. that's just not how we roll. And I don't care what you're. I really don't care what my members are doing. They know that. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. So, and, and for us at my gym, you know, if someone walks in, depending on the situation that's going on, on the floor, you know, while I was while I was coaching, yeah, you know, if it's something dangerous, you know, I'll like flag down another coach, like, hey, you know, point towards this person who I don't recognize. Or there's even been uh, times when I've actually grabbed like a, a a senior member, like, hey, can you go talk to them real quick while I get this under control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just the culture that we have. And same thing here. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Carrie, uh, I think if you have someone that uh, is new into it, you know, this is your opportunity to be a mentor. You know, whether it's someone across the ocean or someone who's new to your work section, you know, or your organization, you know, you got to take that responsibility on because you don't want someone to have that same first negative experience Mm -hmm. that you may have had. I don't know what your first experience was like, but try and create a situation where they will have a positive experience and help navigate them towards some place that you feel would be appropriate for them. Yeah. All right. Next one comes from Brian Collins from Ireland. He said, one thing I think a lot of people aren't taught is how to partition successfully. You guys mentioned the wall balls, how to divide a hundred wall ball shots in a way which someone can move the most efficiently. So we'll we'll, we'll take a hundred, just off the bat, 100 wall balls. What would you consider that? I'm broken. I'm broken. Okay. 30 pounds, 12-foot target. We can do 100 and broken. I mean, but, no, I, I I, think this goes into, we, we talked a little bit about this, um, how, what episode was that? Mentality? Could have been mentality. Yeah. yeah, this could have been mentality. Because you really have to n- know everything about yourself. So I just started working with a kid, a uh, really ironic story, how we met, but a uh, very, very great athlete, and he lives in Virginia. And uh, he's never had really good guidance, and he's 
he's a solid athlete. Mm-hmm. And um, so we started working together. Uh, and so I'm doing remote coaching and just had a conversation, I think it was two days ago. He started our first official cycle, even though he's been, the last couple of weeks he's been testing. Mm-hmm. And my conversation was, um, we're going to take all this time from now until they open and because you can do water plus as well and we're going to learn everything that we can about you what you can and cannot do okay so there's going to be times that i'm going to ask you to stay unbroken for as long as possible i don't care what your score is and then there's times i'm going to ask you to partition it and and see what your score is and we'll compare the two so if we do one say hey i want you to stay unbroken all eight rounds mm-hmm. and i don't care how long of rest you need to take but whatever rest you take i need it to be unbroken it means every element must be unbroken from all the elements, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll take that time, and a month later, we'll retest it, but we'll, okay. par- we'll partition it, and we'll try to do it. Okay, I want you to do, listen, okay, we, we use my workout today as an example. We have uh, 15 chest to the bar, eight bar-facing burpees, one clean complex. It must be unbroken, which is two power cleans, two hang power cleans, two full cleans at 235, okay? You have to do that for eight rounds. So today I can say, hey, do this completely unbroken all the way through, without stopping. So 15 chest to bar, it's 120 chest to bar unbroken. He's got to do the, all the bar facing burpees in the complex. Now we'll take that score. Maybe in a month we'll retest it and say, okay, first set unbroken or first round unbroken. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to score an eight, seven on chest to bar for the next three rounds. Then I want you to hit fives on your chest to bar. Mm-hmm. Try to get some recovery in the back end so you can make up time on the back end. Okay. Compare the times. So what I'm trying to say is we're going to learn everything about him and then we're going to find out what works best for him. You need to know what your capabilities are. Uh, what's your ma- max set of unbroken wall balls? And say it's say it's forty. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you feel after forty? Can you can you uh, shake it? You know, shake your legs out, uh, shake your arms out, and then hit another set of thirty. Mm-hmm. Or are you taking five minutes of rest because yeah. forty is your absolute maximum? That's your red line. Yeah. So. Because we can't go to 40 when we got 60 left because we always always know the back half of any set of wall balls is the hardest mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about volume. So learn about yourself. Learn everything about yourself. And if you don't know, test it. If you have 100 wall balls, see how many you can do in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there's some more coming after. I don't care. See what you can do. Use your days inside the gym to find out everything about yourself. And then that way you have information mm-hmm. because your coach... Data points. Yeah. yeah your coach isn't going to... Most coaches won't say, hey... Go ahead, and I want you to do as many as you can unbroken, and then chip away at the rest. Yeah, but if you're only doing singles at that point. Yeah, it's not worth yeah, it, yeah. right? Then you can always retest it. I'm going to do five sets of 20, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do two, 10 sets of 10 with minimum rest in between. What works better? How do you come off that wall at 100 if you do 10 sets of 10 in comparison to a large set and then struggle through the back half? Mm-hmm. Once you get that information, now you know how to partition. Okay, so so 100 wall balls, what would you consider that, like long, short? That's short. Short, okay. Yeah. So what's something you would consider like a longer workout that you need to have or like a partitioning mentality towards? Usually 100 wall balls is a buy-in. I okay. Mean, a lot of times we'll do three rounds of that. So we'll do 300 in a workout. During the course of a workout, okay. Yeah, so um, that would be a good example. So you have 100 wall balls. Say you have 100 wall balls. 50 pull-ups, and let's say 15 shoulder overhead at 185. Mm-hmm. Pretty tough, right? They kind of mess with each other, push-pull on the pull-ups and uh, shoulder overhead. The shoulder overhead is going to affect your wall balls. Leg drive mm-hmm. from the wall balls is going to affect your push-press. So it's just a, it's a shit sandwich, Mo. That's <laughs> what that would be. Yeah, right? I would agree. And then what I usually do is I don't put rounds on that. I'll make it an AMRAP. Okay. So our higher end athletes, if they can get into the 300, the plus, get it, getting into their 400th, mm-hmm. that's what we want, mm-hmm. that they have the ability to. So, yeah, you have to partition that. you got to, okay, well, I have this. Uh, my AMRAP is 30 minutes long or mm-hmm. 20. I'd probably make that like a 26-minute AMRAP. And um, so it's over our typical 20, six minutes past mm-hmm. what people used to train in, under 30. So you still have to fit quite a bit of workload. There's going to be minimal rest. How do you partition it? Well, yeah. It all depends on the athlete, I would assume, and their capacity. So let's say if I'm like a uh, scaled slash intermediate athlete, would you prioritize 
unbroken sets over total rounds or what what would you give them as a as a target for here's that? what i say at the whiteboard so i just said hey today we have 100 wall balls 50 pull-ups and we have 15 shirt overhead at 185 130 mm-hmm. 26 minute wrap all right so it's going to suck mm-hmm. this is exactly what i tell them it's just get suck. out of the way yeah just accept it okay you're here mm-hmm. you're not leaving which is the you, hardest part yeah, you're not leaving because i'll capture you bring it back um but so Accept it. First thing and foremost, I get in their brain. Yep, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So shut up. Don't, don't tell me it's going to suck. I already know. Mm-hmm. Second, who struggles with anything over 100 wall balls? Hands go up. Mm-hmm. All right. Is 10 challenging for you? No, I can do 10s. All right. So here's what you do. We're going to try, we're going to, we're going to hold 10s mm-hmm. for as long as possible. When, you, when your cadence starts dropping off, you're going to drop to eights. When you're going to hold eights for as long as possible, you're going to drop to sixes. If you're going to do that, you should be through your first set, mm-hmm. okay? On the back end, try to do a big set right off the rip. I don't care if it's 8, 10, 12, 15. Mm-hmm. Shake it out, and then let's go fives. But on your fives, I want you to just keep it quick. I, want, I don't want you Sustained resting. cadence. Yeah. Okay. So what I say, I want you to look at the clock. Every eight seconds, you're going to pick the wall ball, wall ball up and do five. So, there, so you're, what, you're doing 40 mm-hmm. in a minute? Okay. So, or... Would yeah, be? eight times five is forty. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're doing forty, and ah, uh, messed that up. <laughs> so every you know, where I, you know, where I'm getting with yeah. this. So if you're if you're trying to hold a cadence, if mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, five wall balls every ten seconds for a minute. So mm-hmm. you know, you're doing six sets per minute. Do the math. Mm-hmm. You can always hold five wall balls, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So chip away at that, and we're going to hold that manageable chunks yeah. for that particular athlete. Then I would say my my better athletes. Hey, we're going to start out that first set. I'm going to do 50 and then 25, 25. All right. Mm-hmm. Go into the workout, shoulder overhead. We're going to be- break the pull-ups early because we need some rest going to that shoulder overhead. So I probably try to do tens mm-hmm. all the way through. And then on the shoulder overhead, we're going to break those into eight, seven first round. And then we're going to go to fives because we need some, we need some juice some going recovery. into the, okay. we need some juice going into the wall balls. Next set of wall balls, I want you to do. 20s hold that mm-hmm. and then the last set as we're starting that we're finishing up our 300th plus you just got to do what you're capable of hit a set see how it feels and then make the adjustment if you do 20 and you realize 20 is too much cut it back to 15 or 10 and then hold that throughout so you have to just know your capabilities until you don't until you know your capabilities you cannot partition properly agreed agreed because it's all random you know i hate random <laughs> <laughs> all right Next one is actually, I've seen this asked a couple times by a couple different people. One of them, Brandon Martell, the other one, David Schollenberger. The Uh, Fit United. Yeah. And uh, the importance of sleep. Bad question for bro. And and for Mo as well. Uh, When I've heard other people talk about the importance of sleep, uh, when it comes to these higher end athletes, one thing I remember hearing, you know, they were saying this athlete is capable of X, Y, and Z. Uh, and the first question he asked him is, how much sleep are you getting a day? He's like, well, five hours. And he immediately fired her out. He's like, come back and talk to me when you're getting eight hours of sleep a day. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know a lot on the science of sleep. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's important. <laughs> yeah. It's I know a, you should try and get some every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I just, I still think... Recovery-wise, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Hell Week and, uh, for Navy SEALs and, and BUDS. Mm-hmm. I think they get... An hour, I think? It's something stupid. It's, yeah. In a week, they get, say, it's less than 10 hours of sleep mm-hmm. in an entire week, okay? And so that's pretty daunting. Try it and see what happens without <laughs> doing any physical activity yeah. and tell me how you can do it. Um, but you can't. It, you can, mm-hmm. but at what cost? Uh, recovery is huge. I think the only reason they let them sleep is so they can slightly rec- they let them sleep enough they have it down to a science mm-hmm. to where your body recovers just enough to get you through the next evolution mm-hmm. and that's kind of how they have it timed out um recovery wise i mean let's not even talk about recovery let's talk about how you can attack workouts right so sleep if i'm up late and I have an early morning and i get four and a half hours sleep how do i function that day okay do i come in am i clear-minded um, am I struggling just to get through the warm up? Mm-hmm. Is my eating off now because of my time? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, how's my energy level? 
when I get to the wad, can I actually attack it or am I just dragging ass because I didn't get enough sleep? The next two days, let's say we just did the, the workout I just talked about, the, the 150-15 for an AMRAP, mm-hmm. and three days later, I'm still sore. Well, my nutrition's dialed in, my water's dialed in, so my hydration's good. I'm not cramping. Well, obviously not sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't have your sleep. Your body's not recovering. Yeah, your body's not recovering because it's not getting enough time. You, you has, it has to repair. How much time for each person? I don't know. I yeah. say try to get at least seven hours. You know, I don't care if I'm up late. I still try to get seven hours. There's some days like Smash Fest, I got two hours sleep mm-hmm. before I had to be here. For, uh, I got up at four something. Yeah. I got two hours sleep, but I can still function. I'm not doing a physical, I'm not working out, but I'm telling you what, that night and that next day and the day after, I felt like I got hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for me, you know, those are rough days for me too because I'm DJing for eight hours straight. Well, and not eight because you're shopping I, for something. Because I'm it. shopping for clothes. Yeah. But, you know, and even like I, I bet Wally will say the same thing where he's standing on his feet for eight hours. You know, just because you're not working out for eight hours or, you know, patrolling or hiking or whatever, it's still challenging on your body. Because after I, I do one of your events, I sleep like a like a dead man that night. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, I'm so exhausted, uh, more mentally than everything. Yeah, a lot for you. Yeah. But, you know, I, I know, but beforehand, I know I have to get sleep leading up to that. Yep. Because I think it was the first time I did one of yours, I wasn't really prepared for it. And, I sh- and like, towards the end of the day, like, I, I could feel myself struggling because I didn't bring food with me. I wasn't really set up for it. And it, it, it was a huge struggle. I'm surprised I didn't get fired that first uh, competition, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, when you don't prepare properly, when, especially when it comes to sleep, when you need to do something that has a lot of cognitive function associated with it, it can be challenging. See, and I never heard that story before. And that just goes back to, you don't know what you don't know. I thought yeah. Mo did a fine job <laughs> and he said he's up there and inspected. He's surprised he didn't get fired because he wasn't doing it. I was like, he's playing great music. Like I can't really, people are still pumped up. Like, so I don't even notice. Uh, Eric Klaus, he says, goal, Klaus. Se- goal setting. Why you place urgency on some goals and other goals are long term? I think maybe it depends on what the goal is. Like you had your on the white on the blackboard four hundred pound back squat. <laughs> what was your back squat at the time you set that goal? Three fifty. Okay, so it takes fifty pounds. That's a lot of weight when you're on the back end like you know the longer you do crossfit the oh your gains become five pounds yeah so if you if you say let's say i just did five pounds every cycle Mm -hmm. right and then what hell that's going to be eight 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 cycles so Mm -hmm. and your cycles are eight weeks right yeah okay yeah so that's going to take some time eight plus cycles i mean i have 50 pounds so you know if i get five you know it's 40 pounds right there just eight cycles Mm -hmm. um so 64 weeks. Yeah. It's a long time and that's still not 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a long time of training. Yeah. I think that a lot of it depends on your capacity or your abilities when you set those goals. Like, you know, in the first three years you have those significant beginner gains. Mm-hmm. A lot of it just because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're capable of. And maybe you haven't been motivated correctly or your, your goals have been different mm-hmm. because you didn't under, you're basically like you're an untapped resource at that point right when you walk straight in the gym yep if you have no crossfit experience mm-hmm. so you're going to see all these you know tremendous gains early on but like you said once you get over that hump then your gains become imp- incremental and you know a good example is like with weightlifters you know we're talking kilos at a time over the course of a career once you become an elite lifter oh yeah i mean you get these they're happy when they get a half a kilo or a kilo onto their total uh-huh. let alone a an lift. individual lift yeah, yeah so it's Short term, long term. Uh, short term, I I like, and I always tell people to do short term because sometimes it's like, let's say you had to mow a thousand acres, mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to mow, right? You're talking, see three, long time. Mm-hmm. So ten acres is about three hours for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, way it's a lot long. of time. Like, long time. So, but if I could take that and each day. Or once a week, I can mow a tenth of that, mm-hmm. right, and chip away at it. I still achieve the same goal, but along the, the way, each week, I, I'm getting, I'm knocking that goal down. Mm-hmm. 
So in here, same thing. We set short term as in, okay, what's your max? 300 pounds. Okay. Uh, what would you like to hit? Uh, here's what I always hear. 325. Like, bro, we'll get that this cycle. Like, mm-hmm. give me a legitimate number. And with going back to that, sometimes with goals, you don't know what an appropriate goal is. You don't, and that's what he's getting at. Yeah. Like, he came from a gym that he really never had these. He never set goals. Mm-hmm. He never had been pushed to set goals, and I've, I've pushed him to set goals. Mm-hmm. And then if you've never set goals, you don't know. Well, I don't know. What's 20, an appropriate goal? He mm-hmm. knows that 25 pounds onto his back squats a lot, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, well, not for you because you're still new. Mm-hmm. 25 pounds, I get that in eight weeks. Like, I get 15, With, with a brand-new athlete. Oh, yeah. yeah 15, oh, brand-new athlete? Yeah. No doubt. I've, I've seen a 75-pound-plus and a brand-new athlete. Mm-hmm. But, you know, set these short-term, short-term goals so you, along the process of hitting long-term, you have a success. Mm-hmm. Because it's nice to see the work put in is now paid off because you hit this this milestone that is not your end milestone. We need still to get to 375, but we hit 350 before we, we have to hit 350 before 375. Mm-hmm. But if you're starting from 300, getting that first 50 pounds is huge. Mm-hmm. Then that last 25, you still got to work for it. And Simon Sinek, he's a writer, motivational speaker. One of the things he talks about when he set, speaks about goal setting is making those short term goals and physically writing them down because you get that endorphin rush off of checking things off. Which off is, that list, yeah, which you know, is and, why, and yeah. that's why you you see a lot of organizations they'll have goal boards, and whenever you achieve that, you you cross it off, and like in your mind, like ooh ooh, I, you know, I achieved something. Okay, you know, well, well, what what else can I do now? So it's that endorphin rush. So a lot of it is, you know, some of it's that psychological excitement, that benefit, and that's why I like. There's you can you can have a board to where you write out what you accomplished for the month. Or you can have something you've already written up there and you physically cross it off. Mm-hmm. To me, the crossing off, that's why we have it. Yeah. It's, we want that physical attachment to that. You, you go pick out your chalk, mm-hmm. okay? You go up to the board. You put the chalk and you physically feel yourself drawing a line through something that you worked hard to accomplish. I just think the, the endorphins, what it does for you for motivation is huge than just writing your name and then back squat 305 PR. Mm-hmm. Just, and then even, like we said last episode, where other people seeing you cross off those things might help motivate them too. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's huge. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You don't think people want to mark, don't want to mark their stuff off on the board. Mm-hmm. And then when they see someone they're competitive with in class mm-hmm. that are very relative, like, Shit. we had the same goal and that yeah. dude just crossed it off or that girl just crossed it off. Don't tell me that's not going to, when, when they want to give up, and not try, like we talked about last episode, them seeing that person's name with that line through it, they're like, all right, mother effort. Yeah. I got you. And then even with that, uh, just as a, a, a family member of your gym, you see your fellow athletes crossing off goals, you know, and that's that, that's a victory for you too because you're yeah. seeing the whole tribe succeed. Yeah, because you've seen them busting their ass in here all the time, and you're like, it's great to see them their work pay off. Mm-hmm. And this also, these answers tie into a question that Jamie Metcalf asked, you know, how do you determine your goals and what's achievable? You know, again, having a baseline, knowing what your numbers are, knowing where you came from, you know, what stage in development are you in your CrossFit growth? You know, a lot of those things factor into it. Well, I think we can even go back even to proceed physically writing and crossing a number off is how often are you coming to the gym? Mm. You don't come to the gym, your goals are not going to go away. It just it just happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cool to write it up there, but are you only coming to the gym twice a week? Okay, well, on those two days, are you hitting that? Are you missing or hitting your back squats? Are you missing or hitting your clean days? Is your technique getting dialed in on your snatch? Are mm-hmm. you what days are you coming in? And are you making it up on the days you miss? Mm-hmm. So like it all everything proceeds of you cross in a number off, you got to get into the gym. You know, I'm, I'm like, I was on anomaly where I PR'd and I just, but it's kind of weird. I PR'd without hitting every strength portion of our cycle. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that when we train in here, we train a lot of accessory stuff that's in our Metcons that facilitate okay. to gain strength in our, uh, our glutes and quads that, that all steer towards the bias of your strength. Hell yeah. yeah. We, do, we do a step up 
or lunge every single week in here, every single week, every cycle, because it facilitates us getting stronger in a certain area. And Megasaurus Rex. What's our, up, Meg? One of our ambassadors. Oh, now she's an ambassador. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. That's because you know she's moving back here and she's going to whoop your ass. Probably. <laughs> Maybe she can do my hair. She's she a hairdresser, right? Yeah, bro. She's going to give you some, like... Um, uh, Wait, I, I'm retired, just, so I can get, like, some, you know, some streaks and stuff. Justin Timberlake um, frosted tips. <laughs> or, I got to grow my hair first. Or you're going to do your Rastafari... Um, the dreads. The dreads, and then she's going to... She can do... She can bleach the tips of them. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Get a bit cracking, bro. If you do that, we're done. (laughs) Sorry, she's got a couple questions on here, but I think one of my favorite ones is, uh, what's in a typical typical CrossFit gym bag? Um, what gear is necessary? A bunch Uh, of stinky ass knee sleeves, yeah. That's the first thing, yeah. Uh, tape, yeah. Uh, Gotta get that goat tape, yeah. I usually, uh, I have my own chalk, so like in case I'm working someplace that doesn't have chalk, like the chalk bags, like the rock climbers use. You don't carry chalk around? <laughs> I have a gym full of no, chalk. No, but I'm saying like if I'm out and about and I just didn't no, have chalk. I'm not, I just don't stop the side. I know you go up into the Appalachian Mountains <laughs> on the Vision Quest, so you, you need to climb to get there and you need to, you know, throw boulders or whatever the hell you do on your Vision Quest. Because I'm telling you guys, I see Mo less now than he is retired. He's literally retired. We've been talking about forever. I see him less now than I do ever. I mean, I know he's doing resumes, but my God. Um, I carry a, ma- a mouthpiece. Uh, I don't lift heavy enough. <laughs> I just, I have a bad habit of gritting my, uh, grinding my teeth. So like if I'm doing like a heavy day or something, I, I put that in because I've given myself headaches from grinding my teeth and during workouts. Um, what else do I have? Well, uh, yeah. Headbands. Yeah. I don't do that either, I guess. Um, what you call it? Uh, I'll keep some Justin's the single servings in there just to have some calories. Um, the preloaded thing of protein in hmm. case I forget to bring mine with me, just keep the powder in there. Uh, socks, long socks for those days. Like I start, you know, rubbing my shins raw on deadlifts or something or rope climbs. Well, you, you don't really need to carry a gym bag because this this whole this whole lovely facility <laughs> is his gym bag. Yeah, but I still don't. I mean, I really only have I've lifters. Well, yeah, lifters. Um, knee sleeves, belt, tape. Um, that's it. I don't do any of the other cry. You know, I, rope climbs. I don't get burns because I do pinching. I pinch, mm-hmm. so I don't have to wrap. So I don't need that. Um, plus, a good trick really good trick is take your knee sleeves and put them on tie your shoes roll your knee sleeves all the way down your ankles Mm -hmm. and it grips the rope really good okay so you wrap there in that knee sleeve that neoprene like 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 a break oh hell yeah it locks you right in so actually you can put that right around the bottom of your shins you can do the same thing for deadlifts if you have it like a lot of times if i have Hmm. fast deadlifts it's just you know to get that initial whatever and don't tear your your knee sleeves up but no i think just make sure you wash your knee sleeves. Your 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 owners and your, your members your will appreciate athletes. it. And if you piss in your pants, don't put them in your bag. Take <laughs> and if you do, well, yeah, put them in your bag, but take them things home and wash them. Like we don't need your pee pants in here. We already gotta clean up your piss on the floor. So, question for you. Yeah. What smells worse, uh, pants that you pissed in that you left in your bag, or the protein bottle you left in your bag? Over the over a weekend, over a hot weekend, which I'd is worse, the protein. Yeah, I mean, I don't piss in my pants. Only thing I did, I'll tell you the story. I don't care. Everybody knows the story. I've shit in my pants before on deadlifts or something. No, hell no. I was like, we were at a competition, and <laughs> and uh, we were working out. And what's crazy? So I uh, I usually do two cups of oatmeal as my morning when I wake up mm-hmm. for my carbohydrates on competition day. I drink a gallon of water before I get to the competition Mm -hmm. and then i'll drink another gallon throughout and i have i just do because i can't eat when i compete so i'll do o2s and i'll sometimes i'll do a half a scoop of protein somewhere in there if it's a if it's an all-day thing yeah i can't eat either so 
this time I did two and a half cups of oatmeal and I had popcorn the night before because I really kind of eat whatever I want the night before. Because you're going to burn it off. Well, not whatever I want, but I eat a lot of carbohydrates. Oh, okay. I carb load. So um, I go there and we're doing thrusters and we're in a competition. We're cruising along and it's really lightweight. It's 135 pounds. And so I'm cycling back to my, we're on a team and I'm cycling back to me again. And I go to the bottom. I'm like, did I just shit myself? <laughs> So I keep going. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely did. So we finished the workout. Uh, of course, I'm everybody else is like kind of getting their waters. I grab my belt and I just head over and I'm like, I get to the bathroom and I'll be damned if I didn't shit out a little blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> so now literally, yeah, literally they're like, so, <laughs> so every time now they're like, you know, don't be blueberrying on us. <laughs> so yeah, I did. So that's the only time, that's the only thing I've ever done. But I was really mad, Mo, because if I'm going to do that, I want to be on like a 350-pound clean, something that just takes me and about snaps me in half, but I use everything to stand it up, and a little blueberry pops out. That's when I want to use it, not on a weak-ass 135-pound thruster that I just did, you know, 15 of. Uh, another question Meg had is... Uh, no, you guys don't. Uh, training raw versus with support gear. Yeah, I one. think what she's getting at is like using belts, lifters, wraps, all that stuff. Don't get married to it. Yeah, uh, and one thing I, I've taken away from you, you know, from coming here and just listening to you coach and things like that, is I've for a while, I for it was about six months, I re, I worked out without a belt completely, mm-hmm. and after, and I don't know why I did, I just did it, just to like you said, don't get married to it. But since then, I've, I've I've adopted. I think you say you don't let your guys use a belt till they get to eighty five percent above it. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and I've adopted that practice since then, and I feel a little bit more mentally stronger because I, I'm not relying on it now. Especially you know, oh, we're doing a heavy day, so let me go get my belt. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let me. Most people don't even know how to use their belt, anyways. That's what's like. Yeah. I watch people put their belt on. And then when they go to brace, they're taking everything in through their chest. Like, mm-hmm. not- actually, I was telling them yesterday, like, we're not swimming. You know, we're not. I don't need yeah. you to hold your breath. We're not going underwater. I need you to inflate Stabilize. your yeah. freaking diaphragm as big as you can and shove that shit into the belt. Because if you're not doing that, go ahead and take your belt, throw it in the corner, and burn it with the rest of the Nike shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did say that. <laughs> So, I, so if you're going to use a belt, do it properly. Use it correctly. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need a belt. A lot of times, people are like, "Well, I need my belt for my snatch." I'm like, "Why do you need your belt for your snatch? It's the lightest thing you're going to put. You clean. Oh, yeah, you're right. Of all the lifts that you're going yeah, to do, you, your your seventy percent clean is going to be more than your ninety percent snatch, mm-hmm. most likely. So, it just saying, like, why do you need it? Well, I just do. Okay. Well, what's it going to do? Does it give you magical powers or mm-hmm. what's what's actually do for you well i don't know it just i think i need it mm-hmm. like, okay let's try it without it see what happens mm-hmm. oh look you hit it or they're struggling because they mentally think they have to have their belt they'll put the belt on and hit it so it shows you it's not nothing to do with bracing because they can brace that they can front squat their 70 percent without, without a belt, a belt. Yeah. okay so they can definitely brace their 185 pound snatch without mm-hmm. a belt whatever so um I've had coaches that have told us, okay, this is the workout today, but you're not using lifters. Okay, cool. You know, I'll get over it. Yeah, but, you know, again, don't get married to it. You know, it's a tool, you know, especially if it's like uh, something where you're moving around a lot. If you have horrible ankle mobility. Which I do. (laughs) Two things. One, use your lifters, right, to get through it. Mm -hmm. But... What Mo found out, he needs to smash his calves, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot that goes into it. Don't just use them to get you through it because there's obviously a deficiency in movement because we're not designed to not move. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure that out. So try to figure it out. Like um, we just ran a competitor's camp here two weeks ago, and I had them. They, I never, I didn't tell them any of the workouts they were doing ahead of time. And then when they geared up, I had them test a four at max back squat, no gear, mm-hmm. and a. Uh, the next day was a seven rep max front squat, no gear. So, um, and guess what? People were hitting 90% and above with no gear when they always gear up. Mm-hmm. Just shows you, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a mindset. Like you're strong enough. 
Now, can, now, can you, should you use your gear if you're maxing out? Yeah, because now we're training outside of our limits of our core strength mm-hmm. that where we could actually lose positioning because our core is not strong enough to take um, a five or 10 pound above our max because we never lift our max. We're always at 90%. Sometimes you'll hit a 95 very rarely, but it's usually 90%. Mm. So that's what you're training for. You're never, your body, your CNS isn't used to the 105, 110% of your max. All right. And one more from Meg. What is the biggest lie or misconception you've heard about CrossFit to date? The HQ actually cares about its affiliates. <laughs> they don't care. If they care about adding affiliates. They don't care about me. Globalization. They do. Yeah, I the, get it. It's a yeah. business. I don't get hung up on it. So All these people are so HQ or die. Oh, my God, Mo. You, here we go. So <laughs> they're HQ or die. And that's like, that's like investing in something in someone that does nothing for you. What's HQ do? Okay, they run a couple commercials. Congratulations. Guess what? I haven't, I've seen, I seen commercials when uh, at regionals they would play on their thing. Well, guess what's gone? Regionals. I see at games when they would run the games on TV. Mm-hmm. I'd see some CrossFit. I don't see any other CrossFit commercials. It doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we put out social media. Well, so do I. Okay. <laughs> would you, I do. Very good point. Well, yeah. You tell me you posting um, pictures of chicks' asses up close, uh, you know, Brooke Wells, every day, all day, Dave Castro's biggest crush. You think that you posting that's going to get people to come to my gym? You think that you showing me the most absolute obese person in the world doing CrossFit gets people to come to my gym? That isn't what that's. We're talking about opposite ends of the spectrum. You talk about the one percent CrossFit Games athlete. If we showed all them, it's not going to hit who we need. If you show the most obese person that does CrossFit, mm-hmm. that does that's not who most of our people are. Our people are usually 15 to 20 pounds overweight. They used to do CrossFit. Yeah, former athletes Former athlete. Yeah. That's, that's our target, but they don't show it. Mm-hmm. And they show these, you know, show me some real stuff. Don't show me these fake-ass predetermined high fives because I know what it's like when you're finishing a workout and you're giving high fives. You're not all smiling and, like, doing these fake-ass yeah, high you, fives. You're, you're trying not to you're walking You just got over done your, dying, You're too. walking yeah. over to your boy who's laying on the ground on their back and you're giving them a five or you're on the ground and you reach across and you do one of those, like, like you, you, you just yeah. touch fingertips and you're like, no. And it's funny because we had one like that the other day. It was like some 2159, just like hurricane. Yeah. And I finished mine and I laid down and like realized I wasn't dead. So then I crawled over to the person next to me right. that was still working and I'm on my hands and he's like, keep going. Yeah. You got it, man. You got it. You got it. <laughs> they don't care. They just showed they don't care about what they did with regionals. They're talking about they want 100,000 CrossFit gyms. Cool. What's that do for me? Nothing. You tell me a, a CrossFit gym in Madagascar does anything for me in <laughs> Vandalia, Ohio. I mean, they don't even know the hell we exist. Whatever. CrossFit HQ does not care about its affiliates. And hence why we, 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 we called them Bromageddon this morning at the beginning of this show. I mean, it's just and, a truth. Yeah. It's just... It drives me nuts. I get, like I've said, they get, I get two emails a year. One as it's six months into the year, say, "Hey, how's it going? Glad you're with us." Blah blah blah. Yeah. Some copy paste bullshit. Not like Wally does at seven five, where they <laughs> handwrite a freaking yeah, note, note from yeah. the owners. Okay, I get it. And then the second one's like, "Your payments due this month." Cool. Here's my three grand. See you. See you in six months. <laughs> and last one comes from Get Moving Sarah. Her question was uh, just our thoughts on the 2018 games. Dumb. I, I don't care. It is what it is, Mo. I, people get so, oh, my God, let's get so up, uh, uproar. I think it sucks. I mm-hmm. think anytime you take, we talked about this uh, on uh, your little phone thing. Um, if, if we said to you guys, which most of our listeners, we're not going to focus on the health and GPP side of CrossFit anymore. We're going to focus all of our efforts into the competitive side of CrossFit. How many people would that piss off? Everybody that wants it, it's in it for health mm-hmm. and GPP. Mm-hmm. The athletes and competitors, which is makes up, say, 10%, say it's, see, we'll give you 15% of your gym, okay? They're going to love it. They're going to love more emphasis on the games, regionals, and whatever. The, okay. The sport. The sport of CrossFit. Well, now they've taken the sport of CrossFit and destroyed that for a lot of people. Regionals are gone starting this year. 
Mm-hmm. Everything is now a regional. Um, they they're calling it a national. You have to be a national champion. The first year they're taking the top twenty in the world from, to games from the open. From the open. After plus, that, after plus that, these champions. Yes, plus the six or fourteen champions or sixteen champions that they'll have across, which half the events will be out of this country. Other half will be in here from Ohio. Um, the Granite Games, yeah. Florida, which will be Wadapalooza, whatever. Yeah. Then they're going to take those. Okay, so you got your twenty top people in the world go, goes the games. Then your sixteen champions, they go, and then one athlete per country per affiliate goes as well. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves them with four open spots. They they're talking about doing this, so like a I, tournament style. No, they're thing. talking about taking these four open spots that aren't being filled by anybody in, in any affiliate, oh. and they're going to say people who run their mouth about CrossFit, how they can do CrossFit games, are going to invite them. Was he serious them. about yeah, that? Yeah. They're going to invite them to do this. So people who thought, do like, do like F45 joke. and things yeah. like that said that- Orange you know, Theory. I can, yeah, yeah, I can beat CrossFitters. Well, come on. You, if you can beat them, you're, you're invited. You get to come in. I thought that was a joke. No. It was serious. I've heard, oh. I've heard it twice now. So the thing I hear is my problem. Taking regionals away, I, whatever, I get frustrated. I hear a lot of athletes bitching, well, no, I can't go to regionals. Well, where are you going to go first off? Probably not, okay? Let's say you've been to regionals and you want to go back. Well, are you just satisfied with making it to regionals? Where's your mindset, dude? I'm not a regional competitor. I'm a coach, but I'm, I'm going to question your mindset. You're happy with just going to regionals? Okay, well, now guess what? You can't. So now what's your focus? You're going to piss and cry, moan and wine that you have to go win an event you have to go beat the people you got to beat anyways anyway, yeah. to go to games you got to beat them in regionals so what the hell's the difference if you have to go do this and you have eight opportunities a year to do it what are you bitching about go do your work put your work in and you'll go if you don't you won't okay it's that simple oh you people get hung up oh, i'm a four-time regional athlete or well, I, I did regionals what, i did regionals in 2012 or yeah. 13 it's not regionals anymore. Guess what? If you didn't go last year and you didn't go or the, you didn't go the last two years, you're not, you're not a regional athlete anymore. You used to be. Well, but I think you can take that a step further. If you weren't a heat four regional athlete, you know, the chances of you making it to the games, well, there you weren't because yeah. they don't take, yeah. what is it? California that they had take, the biggest. We take pool? five typically, but yeah. five men, five women from central. And the, but, but then you, there's what? Eight. Eight athletes per heat, something like eight to ten athletes oh, per heat. Yeah. So unless you were in heat four, you're low, not not very high probability of you going to the games anyway. Yeah, it, it, it's just I think it, taking regionals away from people who enjoy the sport to watch it it mm-hmm. sucks for them. You know, I don't watch it live, but I'll watch it. I think it's cool to see. I like trends. Okay, I think it's cool to see. Um, but at the same time, if you're if you're a regional athlete and you know, you're placing the top 10 at regionals. Well, shut the hell up. What's it matter anymore? It doesn't matter. If you're placing the top 10 at regionals, your goal should have always been to go to games anyways. So now... If you're that... And guess what? Yeah. You get more opportunities now. You don't get a weekend. Now you have eight events mm-hmm. that you get to go to if you wish. And you can win those because when someone wins it, they, they're not going to w- go and win another one. They're done. So it removes one of the top athletes per, you know, top guy, top girl per event that they have. Mm-hmm. So... There's 16 that are gone for sure in the in the country here, you know, eight per division. Just just stop bitching about it. Your end goal should not change. If you're a regional athlete and you you're one of those who like to bra- uh, like to brag, five time regional competitor in the worst region in the United States. Congratulations, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like to hang your hat on and and say like pop you know boast yourself on how good you are and that you're a regional athlete. That's cool, but you know, how many times do you want to do this before you go to games? Is your goal just to make regionals and then call yourself a regional athlete? Or is your goal as a competitor... To go to the games. To go, yeah. How could you not want to go to games? Why do you invest all year into training and not want to go to games? I don't understand that mindset. And like, I'm, I'm not on that level, but I'd imagine it's not a cheap undertaking to, to even go to regionals, let alone the games. You know, that there's a Physically, lot of... no, it's a lot, a lot goes into it. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just the, the physical and, and the sweat equity, but the financial aspects of it too. You know, 
I, I, I like I'm just thinking about it right now, but I've never really considered that there's a lot that goes into it. So when you're to your point, like why would you just want to go to regionals? Why wouldn't you want to go to the games? You know, and doing that extra work. You know, it just I, I haven't looked at it from that aspect. So let's say you go to regional or regionals and you finish the twentieth, okay, and then you sit down with your coach. What's your goal? Well, I want to finish nineteenth. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah. But yeah, I want yeah. to finish. I want to finish tenth. Tenth mm-hmm. or better. Okay. Well, what does tenth get you? Tenth um, place. Okay. Well, do they take the top ten from regionals to games? No. So, well, how many do they take? Five. Why the freak aren't we going for, for top five? Yeah. What are you What are you doing? You're wasting my time now because if your mind is set on the absolute minimum, well, like I've said before, you you're not going to get the maximum out of training because they're going to do the minimum. They're ex- they're accepting the minimum result, not the maximum. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. So, look, if you're that competitive and you're that good, you shouldn't even be worried about this. Who it sucks for is. The fans of CrossFit, is mm-hmm. that's who it sucks for. The people who enjoy watching regionals mm-hmm. online, watching the different regions, watching their favorite athletes. Now a lot of their favorite athletes are no longer going to be making it, especially after this year when they don't take the top 20 mm-hmm. and they only take one, one, person, one man yeah. and one woman yeah. from our entire country yeah, and from the entire country of Canada, entire, entire country of... Um, well, Iceland, you, yeah, you, yeah, Iceland. You know, you took, you know, you know UK, Germany, and you know. uh, I'll end it on this. I think that one of the biggest travesties they've committed now is that teams no longer have to be from the same gym to compete. Oh, on the, the super team. teams. So it's now to, to me, if they're going to do that, they need to make a completely different sport because now it's no longer an affiliate cup. It's the they're not the best four person team. It cup. is because what, and, and, and yeah. in, in order to stay true to what I mean, granted, they're not going to listen to me anyway, but. As a as a CrossFitter, I would rather see that put into its own separate mm-hmm. category. Here's what's going to happen: is these teams that, let's say, your top ten games athletes, um, men and female, they're going to combine and make teams. Mm-hmm. Just the reality of it, because now they have to, because they're only going to send one team. Mm-hmm. Actually, now, no, I'm sorry, I lied. They can send 16 teams because teams no longer qualify in the open. There's no more teams in the open. The open is, has gotten rid of all team aspect. Do they? It's all individual now. Okay. The only time the now teams can qualify they is have through to these, do one of those 16 events. They have to do one of the 16 events okay. and win it. So that's what's going to happen. They're going to take. You're going to take your top. You know, it was 30. 40 men and 40 women, and they're going to combine forces because they their odds are better now. They want to go to games. Their odds are better now to. Make Man, a super team. Can I can I really beat Matt Frazier? Mm-hmm. Right? Can I can I really beat, you know, these top athletes when it comes down to it? And they know they can't. They're not no one's gonna beat Frazier in the open when he actually he don't even try to win the open. You know what I mean? He just wins it because mm-hmm. he's that good. Wait till he tries to win it because he has to win it. It's gonna be crazy. Like no one's gonna touch him. It's gonna be the largest blowout yeah. just like it has been in games the last until until guess what until he's tired of doing it mm-hmm. until he he's tired of going to the games and competing against the 145 pound guy from madagascar who can't snatch 95 pounds that's who he's going to be mm-hmm. and it's funny looking back on this as we wrap this up when they started doing the it was it was when i was deployed in 2015 where if you won your state, like you got a shirt that said fittest in Ohio or whatever. So yeah, my buddy, Joe Eastup, uh, I was deployed from the out in Qatar. It just so happens that the fittest in Qatar was a captain I was working out with. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. At my deployed location. Now, granted, he's a good athlete, but you know, he's no, if Matt he was, Frazier. yeah, he's not Matt Frazier kind of looks like him, but was he, he was from Alabama. Was he the fittest in Alabama? I, I don't know. But it, that was just the running joke that we had. Is like, dude, you're the fittest at guitar. Yeah. And I, I guess looking back on that, I didn't realize that that was going to be a precursor to what we're having now where it's the fittest in your country is the only one that gets to represent your country. All right. So for this week's call to action, keep sending us those questions. Uh, actually, if you could, you know, use Facebook and send us like an audio clip or even a video clip. We like seeing and hearing you guys. And Show us your shirts, man. Yeah, show us your shirts. Yeah, one more rep, shirts, man. 
represent that track. Yeah, so yeah, keep sending these questions. We'll do another one of these down the road. And uh, I think that brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Mo and I'm out. Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. One of the best parts about all this, though, honestly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, is that Greg Glassman has bitch slapped Dave Castro <laughs> multiple times now. Where's Castro? He's shooting guns on his Instagram because he has the one thing he only cares about. You're talking about someone who cares less about affiliates, and that's Dave Castro. He does these drop-ins. What's that? I don't, I don't know why he does them. I really don't like mm-hmm. He's the... Maybe I haven't pegged wrong. I could. Uh, I, I don't mind arrogant and cocky. He was a SEAL. You have a, He's alpha. Mm-hmm. He's alpha male. But at the same time, it's just when you see that he, all he cared about was those top athletes that getting his arm around him and thanking their buddy-buddy because he's the, uh, games, the director. games director. Like, bro, you are replaceable. Mm-hmm. We're all replaceable. So don't get married to, like, your one thing you love because you don't know, you know, dipshit's name from Madagascar yeah so now he's going to get no love no attention I I don't know it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out once everything's put in stone yeah sounds like most of it's in stone dude yeah yeah I'm waiting granted games is already moved to June yeah that means that qualifier is April or May and then what Wadapalooza is supposed to be coming on board as well I would assume Wadapalooza I I thought they named Wadapalooza Uh, I haven't heard Wadapalooza yet I would assume it's the next biggest and then the Dubai championships and Iceland, I think. Yep, Iceland. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. We talk about how hard. So all these regional athletes have to raise money in the central. Just enough money. Just to go to Tennessee. Just to go to Tennessee. Five hours away, they have to raise all this money. They do a gym. They sell shirts. They raise this money. They need two grand because travel down, food for a week, hotel for a week. That's the cost. Mm -hmm. Even to do Airbnb. So that's, that's the point of this is. What are they going to do when they have to go to Iceland? Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to raise money eight times a year. Oh no, our sponsor, those sponsors will pay for it. No, there's, you Not know, everybody what? has a sponsor with deep pockets like that. Your your top maybe three athletes, men and women, have that. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't is the person who finished tenth. What are they going to do? Take take some product and airlift you on product to Iceland? Mm-hmm. Like it it doesn't happen. They're not going to throw all this money at them because they like. Well, there's going to be so much more money. I'm like, were they getting richer from this? Mm. Were they getting less? Because they have one, they have le- now they're not now doing the regionals. Ex- the expense is, yeah. is greater now. It's greater now. They got to do eight major competitions a year. If that's only in, they do in the U.S., if they want to travel, mm-hmm. sixteen major competitions. I come from sponsorship when we play high level uh, competitive paintball. Yeah. yeah, sponsorships, dude, they're tough. Yeah, and a lot of time it's. It, it's not what you think it it's is. It's not what time. you think yeah. it is. No matter how good you are, it's still not what you think it is. It really isn't. because It's only like that 1% that's getting full-on full, full on. sponsorships. Yep. Yeah. yep, 100%, man. It's, it's not what you think it is. And I'm telling you straight up, I know these – talk, I talk to vendors. I, I deal with vendors that are high level that we have hanging in our gym. They don't have all this extra money to yeah. give to these athletes. Because how, how, how many athletes do they sponsor? Is it five? No, they've – sponsor a shit ton they give them their product as long as they share it on uh, social Instagram, media yeah. that's free advertisement mm-hmm. that's nothing. that's not that's not a plane ticket that's not a two thousand dollar plane ticket <laughs> absolutely